Welcome to episode number 62 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. We're creating a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about designing host systems to handle combustible dust. And to do that, we have on the call Ross Blanford, Director of Sales with Masterduct Inc., based out of Houston, Texas. Ross, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Share your knowledge with the listeners. No problem, Chris. Happy to be here and uh, looking forward to it. Excellent. So I first met Ross actually in 2018 at the International Powder Show uh, and kind of immediately was just discussing through his vast experience in industries handling combustible dust. So through electrical systems, dust cleaning, food processing, explosion protection, lighting, bulk conveying industries, and of course, ducting and conveying systems with master duct. So he has a, a wide breadth of, of information in this area, and he's really the perfect person to have on to talk about host systems. The genesis of this episode specifically was from some conversation we had back and forth and I actually sent him an article from 2007 that covered a flour mill explosion based out of Italy, which unfortunately fatally injured five workers. And what happened was there was a truck that was being loaded with flour from the mill. And they had a bucket elevator loaded the truck. And then at the end, they wanted to um, load kind of the remnants of it and they used a, a rubber hose for that. The conclusions of the article, and we'll include this at the, in the show notes, the article in the show notes, was that electrostatic charge building the hose caused ignition, which caused an explosion in the hose, which propagated back in through to the silo, caused an explosion in the headspace in the silo, and then actually blew the, the top off that building. So, you know, a very devastating explosion, but the, the genesis of it, the starting point, was in the hose and a buildup of static charge, which ignited it. So talking with Ross, it was really a question of, you know, how, how well known is this as an ignition source um, with industry and, you know, what are the precautions that need to be taken? And that really led to, for the, the upcoming conference that we have, wanting to know more about these these maybe smaller details. So we have a lot of presentations around high-level concepts, hazard analysis, hazard identification, case studies, things like that. But we also want to go really deep into these, you know, other important topics. So things like designing dust collection systems, designing dust bucket elevators, and hosing and ducting systems. So that's where this kind of you know, topic came from designing hose systems, handle combustible dust. Ross will be presenting at the conference and we'd have him here today to kind of give a, a summary of this material through the, the podcast to get out to our audience here as well. So Ross, that was a little bit of a, a longer introduction, but maybe the best place to start is what is Master Duck's role in, in industries handling combustible dust today? Well, Chris, uh, Master Duct is a, is a leading global manufacturer of flexible hose and ducting products. We really specialize in the industrial manufacturing environment and have over 30 years experience at providing the right products, utilizing the right materials for these harsh and hazardous areas. Our products are designed to be safe and durable in the harshest environments around the world. And one of the issues common today in many industries is the presence of combustible dusts. Fortunately, Insurance companies and regulatory agencies have now made dust hazard analysis testing a requirement, so companies are more educated as to the risks associated with handling these dusts, but there's still a real lack of education on the role that hose technology plays in material transfer safety. So we see our role in this area as, as an educator and as a consultant to educate the facility management on the importance of hose safety and to provide the end user with a quality product that will contribute to the safe handling of combustible dusts. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great um, description of the role of Master Duct. And I think 
So we've had this conversation about, well, what are the type of different hoses? And, you know, education is, to be honest, I'm not even that familiar with the lay of the land when it comes to selecting what may be called flexible connectors or ducting. And I think we'll get into that. But what are the different types of hoses for powder and dust conveying operations for the, the listener? Well, that's a, that's a great fundamental question that our mission is to make sure that people really understand one of the frustrating things about being in the hose and ducting business is the assumption by many in the end user community that a hose is just a hose. And, you know, on on some level that may be correct for an ordinary application or for a commercial application. For industrial applications, that's the, the, the opposite is actually tr- true. And while many products on the market look similar, There are differences in performance and design that affect that performance and the safety of the users using the uh, the products and in the areas where the products are utilized. There are many different hose materials that can be used, including PVC, EPDM. There's many types of rubber, fabric, metal hoses, and and other materials. But uh, when you're talking about combustible dust, the best solutions for conveying these products and for housekeeping in these environments revolve around polyester, polyurethane, thermoplastics, as well as fabric hoses made of specific materials. These are the safest and most durable materials and also deliver a great value proposition for the end user because of their durability. They're really available in two different styles that are important for end users with combustible dust issues to understand. Uh, The first style, and probably the most uh, commonly used, are are thermoplastic hoses. And there's many different types of thermoplastic, but uh, for these environments, polyurethane is is really the best choice. And our variant of polyurethane is polyester polyurethane. And the reason that we've selected that material is that it's so much more durable for industrial environments and and the, the the aggressive sort of media that tends to be transferred in these combustible dust applications, these polyurethane hoses are are uh, manufactured either by extruding the, the thermoplastic material or by heat welding strips of extruded material together to form the spiral body of the hose. There are differences in wall thickness and also difference in the pitch of the helix that affect the performance. But the, the, the one thing that's critically important is that this thermoplastic polyurethane material should have an additive in the, in the material that makes the hose anti-static at a minimum, providing a safe material conveyance solution with different levels of flexibility. So, you know, there's, there's different degrees of flexibility and different wall thicknesses to provide different experiences for the user and to allow hose manufacturer like MasterDuck to supply the right hose in the right place that's both practical and safe. The, uh, the additive that's added to the thermoplastic material prevents the electrostatic charge from developing up to the level that the hose is tested to. The industry standard rating for the uh, electrostatic level is between 10 ohms sub to the fourth and 10 ohms sub to the ninth. And this is a scale that relate that rates the surface resistivity of a hose product, and the lower the rating on the scale, the better the hose performs. So in other words, 10 ohms sub to the fourth 
is much better than 10 ohm sub to the ninth. This means that anti-static hoses are the most basic protection against an explosion and the minimum protection that should be utilized where combustible dust are present. Grounding straps and other technologies can also be incorporated uh, by, the connect by connecting the hose or duct to dead metal via an accessory of sorts that can also allow the conducting of the static charge to ground, adding to the performance of a conductive hose as well. At MasterDuct, all of our standard thermoplastic hoses provide this level of performance at a minimum and also have a heavy brass-coated spring steel wire helix that can add conductivity to the process by grounding it as well when needed. These polyurethane hoses are designed for transporting solid materials and heavier volumes of dust. Many thermoplastic hoses on the market today either don't have the, the anti-static properties, they don't have a wire helix, or they have a very small gauge wire helix that isn't as effective, or they're just not designed to be used in areas with combustible dust for other reasons. Uh, one additional benefit of the uh, polyester polyurethane is that because of their, their durability and their resistance to uh, friction is that they do outlast PTC hoses and other hose materials at least three to one. So not only are they safer, but they also provide additional value to the uh, end user. The second style of hose inducting and an even safer solution for areas with combustible dust are electrically conductive hoses. The first version of this product is also made from polyurethane and has the same wire helix as the anti-static version, but they're also impregnated with carbon black material to add to the electrical resistive properties of the hose. This host product should always be grounded via one of several methods to assure safe performance. And because of these extra features, the electrically conductive hoses are actually rated lower than 10 ohm sub to the fourth. So they provide the, the maximum protection against uh, arcing and sparking caused by the electrical conductivity on the surface of the hose. A quality manufacturer will test the electrical resistance of each section of hose to the appropriate ohm rating as it's being made to assure safe performance of the product in the field. And, and the best way to really differentiate between anti-static and electrically conductive is to say that the additive in the anti-static hose prevents a charge from forming on the surface of the hose up to a certain point. Whereas the electrically conductive hose uses the uh, uses the, the grounding wire and the grounding mechanism to move any static that does form off the surface of the hose safely to ground, which is why it's a it's a it's a safer alternative. The third version of an electrically conductive hose is the fabric hose or the clip hose. These products are made with various fabrics held in place with a galvanized steel or stainless steel strip bent into a U channel that grabs the fabric and holds the spiral shape of the hose. There are anti-static versions and electrically conductive versions of these products. And for these fabric hoses, the surface conductivity is realized only via a carbon black additive that's added to the fabric. Some fabrics are more resistive than others, and that's a result of having more of the additive included in the uh, finished product. These hoses are not as common in areas with combustible dust since they handle positive pressure better than negative pressure and are often used with fans rather than under vacuum, 
but they can be used for air conveyance and on dust collectors where very light dust is present. Yeah, thanks for that overview of the different types of hoses. So I took some notes here, like I often do, and I, I came up with three three categories. Actually, you make even even taking a step back, you mentioned that the typical hoses that you guys are working with are plastic hoses that have a helix structure through them. And I'm sure that our our people in that are, are tuning in are familiar with these types of hoses, but you see them, they have this kind of coil that goes along the length. So that's the sort of hose that we're we're talking about with three different options. So Anti-static is resisting charge buildup on the hose, and the rating for this is in ohms, um, 10 to the the minus 4, 10 to the minus 9 is kind of the range with uh, a larger number, 10 to the minus 4 being better. So as you go up, you're, you're getting less and less charge being built up on that hose. So that's option 1. Option 2 was electrically conductive. So these actually are, are built such that any charge that does build up can get dispersed. And this is done through grounding straps, done through the design of the hose, and then gets to ground through a, you know, a connection of some sort, um, could be a grounding strap or some other connector. Now you mentioned that fabric hoses are, are less common with high dust loads. Um, I'd, I'd imagine one, one due to wear and tear, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, and you know, other properties of the fabric versus the kind of plastic hoses that don't them allow them to be used in these areas like positive pressure versus negative pressure and, and that sort of thing. So those are the three different kind of areas that you, you broke down with the two really main ones being a- anti-static versus electrically conductive. And I like your summary there. of Anti-static prevents the charge from building up. Electrically conductive allows the charge to be safely put to ground if it does build up. and is in general a safer solution to prevent something like the, the flour mill explosion that we were talking at the, the outset of the episode. So um, we know that the flour mills are, are, are one, confectionery industries are are one industry, but what other industries are looking to might require these type of different hose designs in their systems? Well, that's one of the great things about being in the hose inducting business, Chris, is, is uh, there's no shortage of customers. My experience in selling uh, the explosion protected electrical equipment and, and the like has taught me that the list is quite lengthy. Under the SIC code system used here in the U.S., there are actually dozens of industries who have a need for safe transport hoses in material conveyance and housekeeping applications where combustible dusts are present. Some of the more common that we see requests for on a daily basis are plastics manufacturing, wood products manufacturing, metalworking applications where the metal dusts have a high risk for explosions, such as aluminum, titanium, and the like. Uh, we also do a lot with chemical fume extraction where uh, fumes are explosive jet fuel processing and storage. Food and beverages, uh, as you mentioned, is, uh, is, a, is a very popular uh, consumer for our products because they not only require the, the electrical safety, but they require that the hoses are made of FDA-compliant materials. We also do a lot with the pharmaceutical processing industry for the same reason, which require those two things plus a higher degree of uh, cleanability. Then we have... Uh, the textile industries, uh, paper, cardboard, paper fibers, powder coating of metals, and, and many, many more. Really, electrically conductive hoses are a good idea in any application where there's a combustible dust in sufficient quantities to cause an incident, oxygen, and the possibility of a static charge capable of producing a spark. So the, the classic fire triangle is uh, very much in play in these applications as they are, as it is in other applications where these type of equipment 
are, are required. For these applications, currently, for the most part, it's up to the facility management to understand the NFPA standards and decide what the best hose technology is based on the results of their dust hazard analysis testing. And that makes sense. I think hopefully this episode will also give some guidance on the different options that are available and the different cases because the pneumatic conveying of dust does build a charge. Um, it will build a charge in hoses. And depending on the, the MIE of the material that you're handling, it can be an ignition source. And we've seen many cases in the incident database reported throughout the literature around the world. Um, again, this example in Italy comes to mind uh, where this buildup and release of charge is the ignition point. You mentioned how how industries may find out if they need this type of hose and really it's up to the management to understand the hazards that they're dealing with to have a, a DHA completed um, and then go about identifying those hazards. Is there some sort of certification process or how how are these different pieces of equipment certified for things like anti-static and electroconductivity or how does how does that whole process work for hose systems? Well, as most of the listeners are aware, under the current standards here in the United States, equipment the equipment that our hoses are attached to are all certified under NEC 500 or 501 to a class and division or a class and zone sort of a system for safe operation where combustible dusts are present. But there really isn't a standard written into the National Electric Code for hoses as a part of the system used to handle these combustible dusts. And uh, when, I, when I approached a third-party testing agency to ask the question, it was explained to me that, you know, in, in, under ATEX and under IECX, the certification is more of a system certification, whereas here in the U.S., the certification process is more on individual components of a system. And even though the dust collectors and the, and the industrial vacuums and the bag houses and all the other types of equipment that are involved in processing combustible dust are required to be tested and certified, that's simply not the case with hoses. And, you know, personally, I find that a little bit strange that, uh, the, you know, the last mile of the process, so to speak, is handled differently. And it really might actually be a mile, the last mile of the process, depending on how much hosing you have. <laughs> so hopefully it's not a mile, but uh, we, we'd certainly love to sell miles of hose to everyone. Uh, but uh, when addressing hoses and, and other flexible product, uh, the National Fire Protection Association, and specifically NFPA 652, as a general guideline for the safe handling of these materials, refers to hoses and ducting as flexible connectors. And specifically in Section 8, where they talk about housekeeping, all that's really required for hoses and tools is that they are static dissipative or conductive. And it, you know, it doesn't really define what the difference is between the two. Also in Section 9, it's stated that vacuum cleaning hose should be static dissipative or conductive and grounded. So uh, there's there's a little bit of specificity there uh, relative to the installation of the hose, but again, it doesn't draw a distinction between what you know what is conductive, what is static dissipative, and what's the difference. Later on in, in section nine, the information on flexible connectors does become more specific under certain conditions, and according to the subsections. Flexible connections in atmospheres containing combustible dust and flammable vapors or and or flammable vapors longer than two meters or 6.6 feet 
need to have an end-to-end resistance of less than 10 ohms sub to the eighth to ground with an internal or external bonding wire connected to the equipment that the flexible connector is attached to. And for atmospheres where there are no flammable vapors present, but there are combustible dusts, flexible connectors are allowed that have a lesser degree of conductivity, which is defined as equal to or greater than 10 ohms sub to the eighth under certain conditions. Now, I talked to one of the NFPA committee members uh, this week about these particular sections and why they were included. And it was explained to me that the reason that these sections were included in 652 is that during investigations into explosions that have occurred, it has been found that hoses are designed to be, hoses that are designed to be static, dissipative, or conductive that have experienced excessive wear or that are poorly installed or no longer safe in contributing to these incidents. So the way the, the way these sections of the code is written, it actually includes some te- some testing example testing methodology, and you know rather than being a standard of performance, it states that, that each hose, if it were tested in this way, would be expected to perform at these ohm rating levels in order to be considered safe. This point also stresses the importance of choosing quality hoses and ducting and replacing them as needed. Facilities are responsible for assuring that the hoses and ducting installed are always static dissipative or conductive under any condition. And that's another education issue. I can't tell you how many times I've been into a plant with and without combustible dust and seen hoses covered in duct tape and and hoses desperately in need of of replacement. But uh, it's, you know, sometimes the, the, the budgetary issues outweigh the uh, the safety based on a lack of education on these topics. In other parts of the world, under ATEX, for example, in, in Europe, there are specific codes that are written around the host technology. And uh, for example, in Germany, where our parent company is based, uh, they have the TRGS 727 as a standard associated with hose inducting performance. And uh, the products made in Germany are certified to this standard and therefore compliant with the uh, with the ATEX directive. So you mentioned a couple of things there that I, I just want to highlight. One, you know, you need to start off with a good hose, <laughs> start off with a safe hose. So that's kind of where, you know, getting the anti-static electrically conductive in there is 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 an area of importance. But I want to move into, you know, what are some of the struggles that industries are having and, and obviously maintaining the hose, replacing it. Um, like all, a lot of our equipment in these dust sailing industries, is a critical concern as well. Um, and that's interesting. I hadn't realized that in 652, the way that's written, it, it kind of makes sense when you think about it, right? So it has to be installed at the to meet the proper resistivity rating. Um, but then, say if you went and did a point inspection at some point in time, it needs to maintain that. So if you have duct tape or you know holes or, or whatever, whatever it is in your hoses, they're going to um, become less resistive over time and could become a uh, unsafe condition over time so i'd say that's maybe problem number one challenge number one is is just looking at these systems over time make sure that they're not wearing too much uh, replacing when they need to be what are some other difficulties that you've seen through your um, experiences industry in in adoption and, and putting in safe pneumatic conveying hoses in these industries it, as you mentioned in the opening and I, pr- I appreciate the uh the kind words that you said 
my experience in the industry has led me to understand that regardless of the type of explosion protected equipment, there's really a, a lot of ambiguity in the terminology that's used. For example, you can say explosion proof, something is explosion proof, and under the under the way the codes and standards are written, it means one thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the person who is saying it is thinking. Likewise, in the hose and ducting industry, the terms anti-static and electrically conductive mean different things and are applied in different areas for very specific reasons. But to a lot of people, these terms are interchangeable. So this leads to confusion about whether or not these products are necessary and which technologies should be used in which locations and, and which applications. So there, that goes back again to education and it goes back to uh, you know master duct working with manufacturers small and large and working with their their maintenance engineering and safety departments to really clarify these issues and why they're important the other issue is cost obviously budgets are always an issue and and people are always looking at the bottom line and electrically conductive hoses are more expensive so in many cases, because of the cost, it's assumed that the anti-static hoses are good enough and in order to uh, avoid these higher cost products. But in almost all cases, electrically conductive hoses would be the best possible solution when hazardous dusts and or vapors are present in an environment. Finally, one of the other issues is the lack of more specificity in certain areas of the standards also makes it difficult. We have examples that were discussed earlier about any situation where a, a flexible product is used that's more than two meters long. So it's important that uh, the end user apply the same safe-minded thought process to flexible connectors that are shorter than two meters. And uh, also in the, in the areas earlier in 652 that are talked about, where it's only stated that you need an, an anti-static or a, or a conductive piece of equipment, without a clear-cut definition of where products are to be applied under certain conditions, facility management, operations, and, and safety people are left to educate themselves and implement their individual or corporate product selection standards when and if they choose to make this a priority. And unfortunately, sometimes that time comes after an incident involving an employee injury or worse. And this goes back to the example that you used about the uh, flower explosion in Italy. Had they used a, a properly designed thermoplastic or fabric hose to transport the flower out to the truck, this whole thing could have been avoided. And that's what, uh, that's what our, uh, our goal is as a, as a manufacturer is to help try to prevent this loss of, of, of life and property in any instance where it's possible to do so. Yeah, and that's why the education is a really important part. I mean, that's why this podcast exists is because I'm sure in that region now, the flour mills in that region of Italy from having that, you know, large loss incident and and it being identified through, you know, scientific inquiry and through forensic investigation that the ignition point was in the hose. I'm sure they now are looking at their hoses differently, but how do we educate so that we can do that preliminarily or having that beforehand? That's, you know, really one of the goals of what we're doing. I'm I'm really forward to having Master Duck and having yourself and, and maybe some team members present at the Digital Dust Safety Conference on this. I think this is intrinsically a visual topic to see the actual hoses, to see the differences between them, 
to see what maybe wear and tear would look like over time and visually to be able to identify when, you know, a hose might need to be replaced and going through this topic. So I think that's, that's important. And something else we'll be identifying and looking at in CARMS as well is what's kind of coming ahead down the tracks for these systems. So I don't know if you want to spill all the, the beans yet for the, the presentation, but whatever you do have, what, what new innovations are coming out in this space that, uh, that people should be aware of? This is a very interesting topic for our company. As a, as a global organization, uh, MasterDuct and uh, our parent company are uh, you know, committed to introducing new technologies to increase the, uh, the safety and, and the amount of information that is available in these systems. But I want to ask you a question, Chris. Uh, in the hose and ducting industry, there's really always been one ans- unanswerable question when you're talking about applying a hose to an application. What do you think that question is? I'm going to go with does size matter? <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly does. But uh, in, in my experience, the, the unanswerable question is, how long will this hose last in my application? Well, that, that's a better answer than the one I came up with. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we, we hear that question every day, and, and that's because, you know, people, people are afraid of the unknown. They, they're afraid to commit to something that they're not uh, experienced at, and they don't, they don't know what the outcome will be. But in every instance, we have to come back to them and, and tell them that we can't answer that question because in every instance, there are envir- environmental factors that impact the life expectancy of, of hose inducting that make it different. So the only way to really tell how long it'll last is to test a product in the environment to see how it performs. And uh, in, in order to help kind of address that question proactively, we thought about, you know, if we went to any facility engineer in the world or a maintenance planner in the world at a plant and we asked them, would you like it if a hose was able to tell you when it's going to fail? The answer would be a unanimous yes. At that point, it doesn't really matter if they can, if we can answer that question up front for them or not, because as a company, we'll be able to answer that question for them actively as the hose is in use. And that's a real game changer when it comes to hose inducting technology, because facilities lose many hours of production of time per year and the revenue associated with those hours due to hose inducting failures. As you can imagine, when a hose fails in a plant, it's not a measure of how, how much the hose cost. It's a measure of how much money are we losing and how quickly can I get that hose replaced. So in, in 2018, our parent company in Germany, uh, Masterflex SE, announced the beginning of a new technology in hose systems under the family name of Ampius. And this new technology will allow our customers to jump into the future and enter into the digitalization of the industrial hose and ducting market as well as to prepare for Industry 4.0 and the uh, implementation of the Internet of Things fully into the industrial environment. This past summer, Masterflex began equipping hose systems with a digital interface that, in combination with the Ampius mobile app, allows customers to receive an interactive display of of any technical data associated with a specific hose, as well as lifecycle data. So in essence, it's a, it's a technology that allows us to work directly with a customer to say, uh, Mr. Customer, with this hose in this location, what data is important to you? And design a specific solution around that need 
that delivers real-time information to, uh, to those that need to know that information for critical plant operations. And as we move forward, step-by-step, step, more digitalization interfaces will be included in different hose systems, making it possible to measure other variables that may affect the hose or the whole system in which the hose is installed. Some of these could be, for example, the temperature inside the hose, the pressure inside the hose, the wear rate, uh, the, uh, the flow rate, or even measure the wear on the hose wall to let the customer know in advance that the hose needs to be replaced. And this would allow the customers to save downtime, improve their operations, and save money. Where we are in the development cycle for this technology, and because of the innumerable possible solutions that Ampius can offer, this digitalization will be implemented within engineering projects in which our engineers develop specific solutions that will adapt to individual customer needs. We're really excited to be able to offer this technology on projects here in the U.S. very soon, as it will change the landscape of how hose and ducting technology is used by industry and also allow Ampius products to very directly contribute to company productivity and profitability improvements. And I guess circling back to a statement I made earlier, uh, the thing that excites me about Ampius is that it really negates the statement of a hose is just a hose. And it allows customers to recognize the importance of this technology to their operations uh, other than when a hose is down and it's an emergency. Yeah, I think that's um, you know a smart thing. And it's interesting to hear that that's coming down the pipe. I can imagine the wear of the equipment is a big thing. The operating conditions, like you're saying, pressures, temperatures. Um, and this, this will probably go across the, the landscape because the questions you asked what is the number one issue? And the, the the question being, how long will my hose last? People are asking that about each piece of equipment. How long will my filter bags last? How long will the bearings last? How long will my bucket elevator last? And it is a safety issue because the the ones that are leading to ignition conditions are typically the ones that are, you know, being redlined to the end of their, their lifespan. Um, so it is, a, you know, it is a critical safety issue. And it's interesting to see a technology come out. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it at the, the Digital Dust Safety Conference. And today, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your your background and knowledge. I, I learned a ton about the different aspects of flexible connectors, if you want to call that here in North America, or you know hoses and ducting and and ways to pneumatically safely pneumatically convey dust. So I'm sure the audience learned quite a bit as well. And I just want to say thank you for coming on and and sharing that with the community. No problem. I, I really appreciate the invite, and uh, certainly looking forward to being a part of the conference in February and being able to interactively demonstrate some of these things as, as well as talk about the difference in the standards between uh, the U.S. and the rest of the world and uh, you know, just be a part of, of the education process with, uh, with this platform that uh, Dust Safety Science is making available to, uh, to the world. Thanks again, Chris, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you down the road. Thanks, Ross, and we'll be talking soon. Yes, sir. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney, and Ross Blanford from Master Duct Inc., based out of Houston, Texas, and we've been talking all around designing host systems to handle combustible dust. We talked about a bunch of different topics around this. We, we sort of described, you know, what are these type of hoses, what do they look like, but more importantly, what are the properties we're looking at? So we, we identified anti-static properties as the ability to avoid charge buildup, and electrically conductive as the ability to move that charge safely and remove it from the hose when it does build up. 
there's some different terminology and, and Ross uh, mentioned this as, you know, a, a key kind of consideration issue. So in, in the NFPA guidelines, they're maybe a lot of static dissipative or conductive and there's, you know, different words for it, which makes it confusing as well. Uh, we talked about some different options. We talked about challenges, including wear of hoses, identifying when, you know, they're at the end of their, their lifespan, education, and, you know, just understanding what kind of hose to select. Um, they're all important topics and they'll, they'll make it so that you can avoid having this condition where you're you know, igniting material in your hose and potentially having an explosion. Um, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if you have a perfectly implemented dust hazard analysis and perfectly intimate exposure protection program, um, but you did not design the, the hoses that connect the equipment together correctly, then, you know, you can end up in, a, in an issue where that kind of falls apart. So if you want to connect with the Ross, um, we'll have some way to do that through the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 62. You can also connect with them inside the Dust Safety Academy platform. Um, there's lots of great conversation going on in there right now. We are a couple of weeks before this will actually come out, but there's discussions around external effects of def- uh, vented deflagrations, dust layer thickness criterias, instant investigations, leading indicators for combustible dust safety. It's all going on now, and it's kind of excited this morning because when I, I got up and, and flipped on my computer, I saw that there were uh, three new posts inside the academy, and uh, people are getting really excited for the conferences coming up in just six weeks from the time this is coming out. So I'm really excited for that. You can check out Ross there, um, or again, at show notes at dustsafescience.com slash 62. We're looking forward to future podcast episodes with uh, you know other experts from around the world in these industries. I'm really forward to the upcoming event as well. So if you want to learn more about the conferences coming up, you can go to www.ddsc2020.com and that'll take you through to the page for that. So I'll say thank you again, as always, for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. Um, have a safe week ahead and I really appreciate everything that you're doing in industries handling combustible dust around the world every day. Mm-hmm.